episode not I'm playing. We both know it's eight. I didn't post last week, and that's on me. I just didn't have topics aligned. I just didn't have a full episode planned. I had some ideas, but nothing that that I warranted like yeah, a full episode. And when the recording day came, it, it came and went, and I, I noticed something about um, like my process. So, you know, I committed to this to this thing. I'm like, nah, this is my thing now that I have to work on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post every week. And you know, it's it's cool to it's it no, it's not cool. It's it's great to be intentional about something. That's really how you get things done. But sometimes it can create a an extra pressure. It makes it an obligation. So then you're not focused so much on the the fun parts. You're more of just like I gotta get it done. And I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta change the way I'm thinking about this because this is something that I do thoroughly enjoy. It is something I'm I'm, I'm passionate about, and I I feel like it I can be very uplifting and relatable. And I feel like people everybody could use um, a relatable person. Remember the the reason for this is so people don't feel alone. And yeah, I, I I love like thinking of topics. Like it feels really good planning out an episode and and, and doing it. And of course, there's woes because it's like editing. Like editing is it takes time. It just does. It <laughs> it could take an hour or or more depending on whatever production. Even though editing could take long, it is something I still enjoy because I'm watching the creation that I have envisioned become a reality. Like through what I'm doing, through all the time I'm spending. Um, so when I'm listening and I'm putting things together and I replay it back and I and when I do my final listen and it all sounds great and clean, it's I love it and I want to keep loving it. I don't want to create a negative relationship with something that I love, you know. So I'm deciding to be just a little looser with myself, like definitely getting an episode per week. Um, and I want to aim on the weekends because I feel like it's just great. It's like you know. Think it, I think it out, got it by Wednesday, I would record Thursday, edit Friday, post, you know, it's changing, and I, I'd be uh, editing and publishing on Saturday, but yeah, I, I just want to be a little more gentle with myself, so I can, I can really just focus on enjoying the process and getting it out instead of being on myself like, yo, I gotta be out by this day. Good on me for wanting to be so disciplined, but it's just something that we experience, you know, like when you have a task that you feel like it really, really needs to get done, and then it's time to get it done, it just starts it starts feeling demotivating when it's like, oh, I have to do this thing. So I'm going to release those pressures. Last episode, I was talking about embracing the lows because things get worse before they get better. And I, I had some insightful conversation with my mom the other day. It was actually bred out of anger. I was like, you know, sometimes... <laughs> It's interesting and a little fucked up that I thought about it, but I was just like, you know, sometimes it feels like, like we're in purgatory, you know, because everything can't go a hundred percent right. Like there's, there's always something. And then after that conversation, she kind of agreed. She's like, yeah, like, you know, there always is, always is something like, even if it's microscopic or tiny, there's always something, which leads into a different type of life, life lesson I'll talk about in the next episode. But yeah, after I had that conversation and then I was replaying it in my head I'm like wait like no we're not we're not in purgatory it's just in life there's always something life is always about conflict there's always going to be a problem it's what makes living fulfilling unfortunately and I only say unfortunately for the sense of it's like the things that we go through do make us stronger as people but in the moment you you 
you just feel like you're getting ass kicked. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck am I learning? I'm just beating my, I'm just getting my ass beat. So that's why I say unfortunately, but still got to embrace the lows and um, draw strength from your past. But I say this is insightful because as soon as you understand that there's always something, then it can shift your perspective and you're not as affected or afflicted by said thing. That's really how you learn to deal with things and, and learn life lessons is by going through it. And it's, instead of reacting, it's stepping back and, and knowing like, oh, wait, no, I, I understand what's going on. And it's very hard to get there because, you know, we're emotional creatures. And also, like, if you have if you have shit going on in your life, like you work, you're, you're working a fuck ton of hours and you got school and then, you know, home life pisses you off. Sometimes you cannot be completely zen and, and deal with a situation correctly. You just mostly get in your emotions about it. And I realize how easy this life lesson could turn into like a, just a life stressor. It's like, there's always something, but it does carry wisdom. Like the problem is going to be specific, you know, like, um, say you're, you're maybe trying to make a payment somewhere and your bank is, your card is just not working, like no matter what, but knowing that there's always something. Imagine this occurrence happens in the midst of a great ass day. It grants clarity and you put it into perspective. It's like, you know, this is only a slice, like a fraction of my day. I'm going to get this dealt with and then things are going to continue to, to be great. I saw somewhere that there's like 80,000, 80 something thousand seconds in the day. And there's no way you can let a random 1500 seconds kill it all. And you know what? I got to be honest. I have let some 1500 seconds just kill my day. It, that's some shit to, to work on. You know, sometimes my anger just gets like, like stuck onto something like I don't even want to be that mad it's just it's just stuck on this thing but it's true it, like in the grand scheme there's no way you like this tiny portion of your day should ruin it all so we got to acknowledge there's always something so just be ready for the quiz or exam that life throws at you we got to jump into a deeper topic there is a huge division in society and what it really boils down to is you know ignorance like people like grow up a certain way or they're just fed the wrong information. It being a primarily online era, it it's good and bad, you know, like we have so much access to information and, you know, super fucking handy. Just open up my phone, type in a question and get an answer. But um, now people are calculated and they manipulate content to steer audiences. So this division of society is literally just a fabrication by, you know, higher powers. Because when people are unified, that's when shit really gets done. So if you ruin the chances of unity by creating a division in society, then we're never addressing the real problems. We're thinking our neighbor is the problem. And one ignorance that I can't stand for is being transphobic. It is close to home because my sibling is trans. So... When I'm scrolling on TikTok, when I see some horror displayed, like in one of these fucking states that push anti-trans laws that, you know, some f random fucking guy asks somebody, like, what are you? And they say trans and then them just killing them on the spot for that. Like, I can't fathom that. And it, and it makes me scared for my own sibling. And I can't tolerate this ignorance because it doesn't make it really doesn't make sense. Like, you, you just have a problem with someone else. Because they're someone else, they're different. Like I don't, I really don't get it. Like we're all, we're all different, and yeah, we're all people. Like a, a trans person is just another person trying to figure out, figure themselves out in the world. Like I can only imagine how it could be to not know, like 
what you fully feel like you are, like whether that be gender or sexual orientation. Like I can't imagine that confusion. So I, I don't see how we can we can hate on a on a different human being because they just have a different human experience. There was this there was this fucking bozo on TikTok. He uh he swaps Bud Light. <laughs> he swaps his Bud Light for Coors Light. He's like, yeah, no, we're not drinking Bud Light anymore. No, nah, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up, bro. Coors Light is is pro LGBTQ. Nice, you put <laughs> you put the gay beers in the fridge. <laughs> like the fuck, like I don't I don't even understand like how this person thought this was like a like a like a moment, like a like really a a staple. Like I don't understand how you can wear like a like a little star on on you. Like I hate a specific population of people. Like what the fuck. You know, like, people get offended when a character has a specific background, you know? Like, they're trans, or they're gay. Like, you know, the show will shed light on it a little bit. Not even as a spotlight, it's just, like, clarification for the character. And people will get offended by that and just lose their fucking shit. Like, oh my god, they're being woke. And I don't think people understand, is like, it's simple representation of a population. Like, they deserve to be seen as well. So that's why they're they're on the screen and it's just a brief moment, bro. Calm your ass down. And I think, I think people forget, like, these are people too. So if they're on the screen, if they're a main character, anything, it's not a woke thing. It's inclusion, which everybody deserves. It's not woke. To, like, come on. <laughs> come on. Like, if you really fucking think about it, like, that's not the, it's not the fucking ploy. They're not trying to push, push anything on you. They're just representing all types of people. If you notice a specific influx of representation, it's because there's been a lack thereof. There needs to be a balance. For example, eventually The Last of Us 2 introduces a character named Lev, a born woman who identifies as male and refused to be a part of their clan's custom of arranged marriage. By refusing the arrangement and removing their femininity by completely cutting their hair, they became enemies of their clan. That's barely even woke. That's fucking real. You know there are some countries that are not pro-LGBTQ at all. So I can imagine a woman who has to be a closet gay because her family's religion or culture does not accept it, and then she's trying to be forced into an arranged marriage, but it's like, dude, I'm not attracted to dudes at all. My empathy is like none other. I'm thinking about shoes I've never met. Nonetheless, it's an example of dual representation. So what, it's double woke? People can't talk about fucking, like, problems in other countries now? Like, what's wrong? You know, I'm glad that The Last of Us became a show because it opens up a whole another level of understanding for people. Because, like, prior to the show coming out, you're only talking to people that have played the game. But now, almost everybody has a, some, some sort of understanding since the show was so huge. And it's only going to grow bigger once the next season comes out, which is something I want to zoom in on a little bit. I was talking about divisions in society. And one of the themes we notice, especially in The Last of Us 2, is the division of society is one of humanity's biggest setbacks. People go to war with each other for resources, waste a ton in the fight, and use more to get patched up to go out again. They're essentially fighting to break even, which isn't even worth it. So The Last of Us 1 is all about Joel trying to get Ellie to this place, right? And we see him and all that he's willing to do to protect her. Um, the roles switch in the second one. We see Ellie trying to get revenge. And by the end of the game, Ellie learns that her crusade and vengeance wasn't worth it. Each time she sets out, she loses something or someone to the point of losing her own two fingers. Why is that significant? Because we see it as a double loss, not only of hand function, but she loses the ability to play guitar the way her beloved father figure, Joel, taught her. Now let's take a little look at today. We've got the red and blue, Republican and Democrat. The function of government is to serve the public, and a lot of the time it doesn't feel that way. 
Like, uh, take a look at that proposed bill after that, that fucking ridiculous TikTok hearing. Blatant infringement on privacy and everything. Like, when reading that, I'm like, bro, it's like you, you can't do anything. They're going to know exactly when you're beating your meat. That's not fucking cool. Literally all of their fucking ridiculous worries. Like, does TikTok connect to the internet? Bro, no shit. How the fuck do you think we're browsing? But literally, they ask that question and then want to connect directly to your fucking router. That bill possessed zero benefits to the public. It was a blatant infringement on privacy. Another example, anti-abortion bills, which the whole pro-life versus pro-choice is basically a population that wants to impose their personal beliefs onto everyone, yet will not support, for example, a baby that's a product of sexual assault. They never have money or resources ready, but want the child in the world so bad. All that anti-abortion does is soothe the minds of irrational people, and is probably just an agenda to keep birth rates up. And it's interesting, instead of making life more comfortable so people will naturally have children, the decision is to strip people of choice in case an accident or incident happens. How is that serving the public? Being divided as a society is a waste of time. We're wasting our time being angry at people that don't deserve it instead of looking at the real problems. But misinformation is so well crafted, people will praise, worship, protect the very same people that are perpetuating your problems. I can't believe we're at a point where your own friends, family too, which is insane, would rather trust the words of some random person on the internet just because they have a platform over their own friends that do research. Me personally, I'm never serving something as fact unless I know it's a fact. So how that goes is like if, if I've only heard of something, I don't fully know, like I saw something about it, I mean like I, I would say the words supposedly or I read something about People got to stop being so comfortable talking about things they know nothing about. Like, it's okay if you don't know, bro. You don't need to act like it. It's okay to learn new things. Every time you learn something new, there's a wrinkle on your brain. Yo, like, do you want a smooth brain? No, you want some wrinkles on that bitch. So don't be afraid to gain actual truth and not perpetuate some bullshit. I don't even know how people can possess the confidence to talk about something they don't even fully know about. Like, if you don't fully understand how the government works, you you don't have the right to talk about it. Like, if you did not know that there are three branches of government, bro, you got to sit down. Because now you, you, if you truly thought, like, it's just the president running everything, like, their decision, nothing else, you got to sit down. Because that's not how it works. And I find that, I find that so silly. Like, that s some of the, the anger and the division that we have just boil like like i'm circling right back it boils down to just ignorance and misinformation like you you thought it was one way and it's not like that at all so look you just wasted your time but it's not too late to come back which is exactly why i say we need to rehabilitate the ignorant it's not too late to step back and say my fault i made a mistake and redirect your anger to where it really needs to be at you could hate a specific population of people just because they're different but it doesn't change the fact that you're broke it won't change the fact that you get no bitches. Like, all your problems are going to still be the same. So instead of pushing away your allies, let's come together and look at what's really fucking wrong. I say it like there's one particular problem, but no, there's a plethora of problems. For example, let's say you're in a state that has a very high school shooting statistic, right? To combat this, government allows even more guns out in the public. Alright, teachers can hold guns, anybody can hold the gun. That statistic only raises. That's the fucking problem. Clear. It's clear as fucking day. That's the fucking problem. But all it takes is one dumbass to be like, no, that's not the problem. You see, like, there's actually more protection if we have them around, so we gotta keep them around. And somebody's like, hell yeah! 
And then it's a fuck ton of people saying, hell yeah, while the other side is like, yo, um, no, more accessibility to firearms just leads to more deaths. It just makes it easier to arm people that shouldn't be armed. Despite a clear rationale, like hearing that is, is reasonable. There's, there's still two sides fighting and they still want, they want the same problem solved, but nothing gets solved. Why? Because they're fighting each other. They're not grouping up and tackling the problem. They're like, I don't like them dams. I always want to take my guns and always some gay shit. And honestly, that's that's pretty sad, especially in this context, because it seems like you'd rather hate somebody than protect your kid. But as per usual, let's wind down with a lighter topic. Admittedly, this topic is going to get me kind of heated, um, but I promise by the end of this, we're going to be laughing. So as you know, I am still unemployed and on that job search. I applied to a job. I saw that it was viewed, so I was like, it's time. I apply on LinkedIn because it, it really isn't the best platform. I got to straight, straight up and say it. Like, it hasn't shown me any success, but I do see success on it every day. And the perk of it is like, for example, when I was browsing Old Navy um, careers, you never saw who posted that. On LinkedIn, it shows you who posted the, the listing. So you, you'll find who to contact. So my application was viewed. I'm immediately in their DMs. Good evening, name. I hope you're doing well. I'm interested in your entry-level recruiter position and was recently notified my application was viewed. Are we moving forward with my application? Best, Noah. Hey, Noah, let's schedule an interview. What's your availability next week? Mind you, once I sent this, she responded uh, like, like an hour later. So I'm like, you know, it's late in the day, so maybe that's why she's responding late. Arguably, because she could have just responded the next day because I saw that it was viewed late in the day, so I responded. Like, I just, I jumped on it. But... Like a, a bit over an hour later, she responds. Hey, Noah, let's schedule an interview. What's your availability next week? I saw this like 14 minutes later and I respond. I'm available anytime throughout the week except Wednesday at 1.45 due to an appointment. She proceeds to respond three hours later. Okay, how does Thursday the 13th work for you? At 2 p.m. I see the reply like less than 20 minutes later, so I'll say it works perfectly. Then the following day in the a.m., I didn't see it because I woke up late. That's on me. No lie, but she was responding very long intervals prior. What's the best number and email to reach you? I gave her my number. I gave her my email. And then within the same minute that I replied my information, I didn't see this. And also, link, I don't like LinkedIn because their push notifications don't work. Like, they don't show me on my phone that someone messaged me. Sometimes they don't even show me in the email that someone messaged me. So that fucks me over. So she replies within the same minute and I didn't see this, but she said, actually, that time slot is now booked. How about next Monday at three? I saw this at 6.05, so two hours later. Sounds great. Love even sooner. And I said, apologize for my less than timely responses. I've been wrestling with some insane stomach discomfort, which was actually true. Like my stomach was absolutely bugging that day. So yeah, I wasn't on LinkedIn. My stomach fucking hurt, but she didn't get back to me. So the following day, I follow up. Hey, just following up. Are we all set for next Monday? No reply. After an hour. So I replied. I followed up again. If Monday is booked, that's completely okay. My availability is still open all week except Wednesday from 1.45 to 2.30 due to my appointment. Any available date and time works for me. Thumbs up. No reply for the rest of that day. So the following day. Good evening. I hope your day is going well. I truly hope we can get in touch soon to set up an interview. I'm really passionate and determined to become a recruiter and hope this company is that opportunity I've been looking for. Nothing. The following day. And I, I made sure I got up bright and early. I was with her when she was making making her coffee. Good morning. Every day I see people either let go from their jobs or in dire need of an opportunity. I'd love to be the person to bring positive change into their lives. Can we confirm an interview day and time? She gets back to me like, you know, 20 minutes later. Hey, Noah, unfortunately, we have decided to go in a different direction with another candidate. 
I apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. Inconvenience? You did me absolutely slimy. I was in your inbox replying to you fast as hell. You take long. I accidentally take long. And I lose an opportunity. I, I just... Like, sometimes it feels like recruiters forget that they're working with actual people. Like, these are not just, like, like names or, like, statistics or, or programs. Like, these are genuine people that need a genuine opportunity. So, that, it had me fucked up for a bit. I felt, I was very pissed off. And it, it weighs on me so much because when you don't get many opportunities to speak with somebody and, like, either get, you know, unfortunately, we didn't go with your application or just no reply, it means a lot when you finally get something. And I thought this was my foot in the door, but it wasn't. She just strung me along after, like, I had an interview in my fucking hands. And this is the thing. Some people, they have this, they, they use um, Calendly, which is a calendar that you can send out to people, and they select the day and time. So you can easily set up meetings. Sis, why did you have this? Like, why didn't we do, why, why were we doing all this back and forth? You could have sent that Calendly from the first reply and we could have been had that interview set, but we were doing this whole back and forth. Like, come on. You flopped as a recruiter. Like straight up, you did. As you could tell, I was, <sighs> it pissed me off. It really did. Like, I, like, I, I really could not believe like that she did that. I wouldn't do that to somebody. Like if you're going in a different direction, don't string me along for some days. Tell me. On her profile, it says she started either two weeks or two months ago. I couldn't tell because it's like she posted on LinkedIn two weeks but was there for two months. So it's like, I guess you did a late announcement. Nonetheless, right, if it's two months, you've been doing that shit for two months. So you could definitely spot some efficiencies that you could do to improve your work, which would be an easy calendar thing instead of chatting with people. Even if it was two weeks, I know you, you've had interviews where interviewers have used can Calendly. So why not use the efficient tool to efficiently set up your meetings instead of people having to wait on you or you waiting on them? And the reason why I'm so on this about her is because someone hit my inbox about a teaching opportunity. Unfortunate. I don't want to teach anymore. And also that charter school was no better than my last one. So, um, no. But this guy in the very first message, he was, he wanted to gate, he wanted me to reply with like gauging my interest and, and everything. And he sent out a calendly invite so then we could set up the chat on his very first message. That's no bullshit. I don't need to follow up like, Hey, is this time good? I just set it and forget it. So yeah, this woman could have done that, but you know what? It's okay because I know I'm getting my recruiting opportunity. That feeling of like, I know I'm getting a job soon. Like it keeps popping up. So I, I know it's coming. It's okay. You could do me slime now. I'm going to be winning later. But this also brought up eventually after my anger subsided, it, it brought up this idea. Like th this made me want to be a millionaire so bad. So I could just like fuck with people. Not in a bad way. Like it all just, it'd be jokes. And I was like, wait, if I was a millionaire, I could then set up a service to fuck with people that have wronged me or others. What does this service do? I will send a scat kit to someone that fucked you over. What is a scat kit? <laughs> you see, my kit's going to be a little different. But what scat is, is, is it's animal shit. There's, there's genuine people that analyze animal shit. I learned about this in, um, I forget what program. I just know I was shown like all the facets of somewhere. Like It couldn't have been Metropolitan. It's like, why are they analyzing animal shit in Metropolitan Hospital? That doesn't make sense. So it must have been a different trip where I, I think it was... It was for way back then, some outside opportunity, and I think we went to the Natural Museum of Natural History, history to to celebrate everybody that got in. So yeah, I saw this side of the of the museum I, n I never heard of or 
have seen before. And, you know, apparently they, they analyze shit, like animal shit. And just a little flashback. I remember the people around me, or some of them, they were displaying, like, disgust and saying that it was nasty because, it's you know, it's it's shit. And I remember the guy being like, no, it it's scat. <laughs> like, he was, he was mad offended that people were, like, disgusted. And it's like, bro, like, I respect your job, but you are, um, you, you are inspecting shit. But what my service would do, it would send a scat kit. And in that, yeah, it would be enclosed, like, in a, in a very fancy, clear box, um, it would be that animal shit that smells absolutely fucking disgusting. And then I, w- I think I would spray the inside of the box with uh, this this really bad fart spray called Bad Karma. So it would just absolutely stink. But then in that will be a card. And it will be some facts about the animal shit. But it also will lead up to a point of like explaining how shitty you were as a person for what you did. So, oh man. Can't wait till I'm a millionaire. Because, yo, scat kits for everybody that's, that's, that's a fucking asshole. And I just thought of this off the dome. I think there would have to be like constant puns about like shit or asses. Like just now I just said for everybody that's an asshole, sending shit to the asshole. Oh my God. Gonna be the best. Gonna have a fucking field day. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think of the logistics of even like imaginary businesses slash scenarios. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to partner with like a zoo or something so then they could collect fecal samples. And then, you know, I, I make the package or something. I mean, we've all seen, like, YouTubers that are millionaires, like, what they do for their videos, so the sky is the limit for fucking with people.